Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of Tailoring in Conversation. In this series, I'll be talking to tailors from all around the globe to gain a better insight into their worlds. My guest for today is Nathan Hella. Nathan is not a tailor, but he's the founder of Maison Hella, which is a family merchant specialized in French linen. We're going to talk about his journey in setting up the company and uh, everything he's experiencing so far. So without further ado, let's get to it. Nathan, thank you so much for, for being here today. I've been looking forward to this because uh, I usually talk to tailors, but um, I get to see another side of our industry, which is uh, uh, someone from a mill and a company, a family business. So uh, thank you for being here. Very pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, sure. First question I have, Nathan, is just to get a sense of your background. Um, when when did this all start? I I assume that you you guys have uh, planned this uh, and you're kind of like uh, um, trying to make the best out of it. And it seems like you guys are a new company, um, but. I do get the feeling that you've been around since the 1700s. I don't know. Maybe it's because of, uh, of the professional attitude. But uh, I'll let you do the story. Um, I think the, the first thing is um, I, I'm not from the textile industry at first because I, I was in the French army before. So it's not the same hmm. background, let's say. Uh, not the best school to work in the luxury industry neither. So, but I wanted to do that and... Um, and I think working for a very, very different industry, my chance was to <clears throat> to meet the, all the people and to meet a lot of people, fascinating people and people who were passionate about their, their trade. So at first it was working in the luxury industry and then I've I've been a bit more precise and I've met people in Savile Row, I've met people in Paris, tailors, and so I've understood they wanted to work in, in this industry. Now, you know, it's uh, when you don't have the technical skills, as you said, I, I've seen your past interviews with Taylor from this gentleman from Beach and, and Skinner and so on, and uh, they knew they had uh, talent they could use. Perhaps I've never been such a manual person, so <laughs> it wasn't that easy for me. So um, I've wanted to work in this industry, and then I worked for Xenia, Zenia, MNG, Zenia, always a pain to pronounce, and, and Scabal. And then I've understood that I wanted to work with fabrics because it's a way to work with tailors, with the tailoring industry, without, without the, 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 how to say, the, the need and the requirements for the actual cutting talent and so on, because I don't have these specific skills. So, yes, it's a, it's a very new company because... Uh, I've worked on the, on the company for a year and a half now. Uh, I think the, the pandemic and all the, all the things we had in Paris helped, paradoxically. You know, the protests and the riots, and uh, it was a busy year, 2019 and then 2020. So at some point I said, well, we have, we have a beautiful fabric that comes from France, which is linen, mm. which, is, which grows in Normandy. And it's... Uh, it's a fabric and an industry that is dying in France, but it's something I would like to be part of. And I was lucky to meet some other people along the way from that, my time in the army. So they helped me and uh, I was lucky to meet some uh, very nice person from England working from a very uh, reputable mill in Huddersfield. Uh, and then they helped me. We, we made the collection and... Uh, and then, yes, I think it's uh, it's a new company, but it's a family one and it's a company that they want to uh, on the long term. You know, So this is why perhaps you have this sense of uh, something that has existed for a long time, because it's not, I didn't want to make something modern. From the collection to, to everything, I wanted to have something that is, you know, here to, to last, so to speak. So this is why, yeah. But it's, it's new because we've launched everything. We've started selling fabrics in August. So you know, it's uh, it's not mm -hmm. so since August 2021. So it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's quite new, but it's a uh, it's a very nice thing. We have beautiful and uh, formidable feedback, so it's uh, mm -hmm. very encouraging. How do you make the transition from from the military into into fabric, but then also understanding the 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 industry that I mean, you're obviously 
you spend you know part of your life in the military uh, but then mm-hmm. make, making that switch how how do your skills that you have developed during the military help you in in creating a company a a a a mill um and and running it basically well it's i don't think it's uh it's much about the the army because in the army perhaps you know it's a uh, the basic notions of management and so on, but it's it's not what is useful here. I think when I was working in the military, it wasn't something I... My family comes from a military background as well, so mm-hmm. I think it pushed me to to go and meet people that I, I thought had more connections and, uh, and uh, walks and in industry where I found something that I would like to do in the future. So I think the military helped me to to define the frame of what I wanted to do. But it's not about skills. It was about having the chance to meet people. And uh, I think the tailoring industry specifically, it's a very, very small world. And, uh, and you know, it's uh, if you take the time to meet the people, if you take the time to... To, to know them, but really not just for a job or by pushing because you want to sell products and so on, but genuinely, then you, it's easy to build connections. And then, and it's what we are trying to do now, it's, uh, it's not about changing and uh, everything and inventing new things, just about developing this kind of relationship and not disappointing mm-hmm. people. So I think the army was, for me, not about skills really, because, well, you can learn management or, or, or training everywhere else, but it was just about pushing myself to, to really do what I wanted to do. And this is, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the most important because it takes some courage, I think, to when you're not from this industry, because a lot of tailors, they say, well, my family, um, my father, my grandfather was a tailor. I was in Florence and Naples uh, yesterday and uh, the day before, and uh, I've met tailors there. And they basically say, I've been working in a workshop since I was six years old mm-hmm. and well it's not my case i mean it's not my case but uh but again for, for me it was much more about yeah having the courage to, to go and meet those people to enter those workshops without having a clue about what they were doing at first so yeah this is what the military helped me to to mm-hmm. achieve i think mm-hmm. how, how how many uh, members do you have within the company uh now it's uh my parents basically uh okay. i think my nephew my nephew may join but um i mean uh, to keep it short i wanted to to launch the company normandy my family is mm-hmm. from southwest france near to pays basque and uh i remember uh, i've traveled during covid and the lockdown to normandy with my father who wanted to to see normandy basically and I'm very t- sorry to say, but we hated the landscapes. We hated the, the weather and so on. So going there, we just thought it's not possible. We cannot just set up anything here. I will be miserable if I stay here. Mm-hmm. And on our way back, my father said, well, I would really love to walk with you. And it's something that really speaks to me. And my mother said the very same. So at, ve- at, the first, uh, at first, I was just thinking... It's not possible. I'm I'm 31 years old. I'm launching a company. I don't want to launch something with my parents. It's uh, you know it's uh, I mean it's uh, it's a bit I mean, I don't know. But then it's uh, it's such such joyful experience. We've made everything here, from the the table where we cut the the product to the racks to the to the office, and uh, it's such a pleasure to walk with them. So I've always been very far from my family home because I've left for the army when I was 18 years old. Then I walked in Southeast Asia, but coming back for this specific thing, it's a, it's a beautiful, yeah, it's a, it's really nice, and we have a lot of fun, I think, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a, yeah. The, do your parents have a background in in textiles? Oh, not at all. Uh, my father was an artisan himself, but not in the textile industry. So no, no, no. But it's, uh, I think, textile. It's, it's an easy passion to share. Because, you know, when, when you make, I mean, we have an artistic director and a textile engineer in the UK, and this is a technical part. But moving from the, you know, w- when I first walked on the collection, because we have only one collection for now, uh, that you know, uh, this one, 
uh, at first, you know, I was expecting, yeah, <laughs> all right. I was expecting to receive, when my colleague Martin sent me the documents, I was expecting to receive designs, colors, and so on. But I've received basically a table with one and zero, and I was so disappointed, you know. I was expecting the collection for two months already, and I received that. I was, it was so disappointing. But then you work on the software, and my parents helped quite a bit. I mean, of course, I have made the work with my colleague Martin, but they were commenting on the, on the colors, on the designs. And moving from a, a table, basically, to a digital projection, to what we have behind, rolls and uh, the texture, the hands, it's something you can easily share. So it's not such a technical job for now that my parents need. They are here to help, basically. But, uh, yeah, they are more here on a... I mean, we, we were traveling to Naples and Florence, but not with them, for instance. They are just here to help for the, for the beginning. But, it's, uh, again, it's, uh, it's very nice. I, I find it funny. So it seems as if you didn't have to persuade your parents at all. And they kind of like, they volunteered to help you and join, join the journey with you. Oh, yes. Uh, again, I was away for a long time. And uh, I mean, it's, it's just nice. Uh, with this job, we have the, the occasion to work with fascinating people. We sent a couple of uh, packages to, to Tokyo just, just uh, an hour before. And to be honest, I've never traveled so far. So, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of magic because you just, you just travel. I mean, DHL travels for us for now, and they're very happy to do so. But um, it's such a pleasure, you know, catching the, the clothes and we're trying to, to please those customers with such a different culture and so on. So I mean, uh, they are very enthusiastic and uh, they say us now. When we talk about the company, they say us. We need to do that. So sometimes I'm just, well... Just a, back, just a second, because uh, it's well, but uh, yeah, it's us, right? <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's a it's it's a real pleasure because it's it's quite difficult. It was quite difficult to launch something during COVID and uh, and everything. So I think the, the the biggest point was not to be alone because it's quite a big investment. We have stock, mm -hmm. we have uh, a warehouse and so on, and uh, doing this alone, I think it takes a lot of courage. And walking with them, it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think for me, it was the best solution I could hope for. I can imagine. I can imagine. So you guys started uh, selling uh, in August, you said, and that's where the bunch came out. Um, mm -hmm. How long did it take for for you guys to get to the stage of being able to send bunches out and and actually? be in business uh, officially because I imagine you've been doing a lot of work prior to that and so setting everything up and so tell us a little bit about that and also how does one set up a mill because you know most mills that we tend to work with they've been there since like 1800 1900 1700 whatever uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting for for the viewers of there's this young guy you know in his 30s and he's setting up a mill um, so yeah yeah, it's it's not, and just to be to be precise, we work with meal in Italy, mm -hmm. so it's not our machine. What we've done so far is to develop an exclusive collection, and then to develop a hand specific hand as well. And it's something to you're totally right. If you want to set up a meal, it was our our objective at first, but it's uh, even. Even if you, you have the, 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 the how to say the, the volunteer to the will to, to, to do that, it takes it would take a decade I think to be really efficient because machines are very expensive. You need to find the 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 the, 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 the real people. I mean the, the 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 proper people to to operate the machines. And uh, you know when I've started it it was a year ago. I've approached all the mills in France because it was much more a partnership. Because the point was to approach a meal and say, well, you make a beautiful product, but we want something else. And our work with Martin, the artist director, and Richard, our textile engineer, was we want these, uh, we want this number of peaks, so the number of yarn per centimeters, we want this weight, we want this hand, we want this. And the point was to develop something from scratch. And it, take, it took a year because we basically have five meals in France. But none of them wanted to do so. None of them wanted to to um, to basically uh, use their machines for small production, 
to uh, to take this time to develop a new collection, to develop to develop an exclusive hand with specific finishings and so on. So we got to a point. I think it was end of 2021 uh, when we we thought, well, it's it's quite obvious now that we won't be able to make to produce in France. We have the linen that comes from Normandy, no problem, uh, but we no longer have this kind of skill set. So hopefully Martin knew a very traditional mill in Italy, but they've been here for almost 100 years. I mean, setting a mill from scratch is very difficult. I don't know if you know um, uh, Mrs. Campbell. Uh, she's made a beautiful uh, mill. Uh, they make only tartans. Uh, it's a, 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 a prickly, prickly sizzle. Sorry for my English. And, you know, it's, you have to start with uh, a few looms. And, uh, and it's, honestly, it's, uh, it's not the machines that are complicated to find. It's really the workforce, the skills. Because in our industry, and now we work only with bespoke tailors, uh, a few tailoring brands, but bespoke tailors, you need to have the very best standard. And this takes, I think, honestly, a decade, at least a decade. So we very shortly abandoned this idea to set this idea to set up a mill to find to later find a mill that we could collaborate on with sorry and for instance with this mill in Italy we are working on a new a new on, on new blends now they've been making only linen for a hundred years but because of this collaboration uh, I've basically said well can we do something else together and we are thinking about new blends new even uh, aside the traditional uh, linen, silk, and wool, something new. It's uh, linen and cashmere, for instance, uh, one of them. And there were, they agreed to work on that because it's much more than just you know, a supplier and buyer relationship. But now setting a, a, up a mill is it's something else entirely because it's, a, it's an investment that's... It, it doesn't surprise me that in France the mills are a bit behind because... It's, uh, you need to have the very best product, you need to have the very best people, and uh, these kind of work are not very attractive, I think, to, to most of the, it's uh, very noisy, uh, it's, uh, you have a lot of dust, it's, uh, it's long hours, especially during uh, rush time, so, it's, uh, so we are very happy to do what we do, which is a bit more, I mean, a bit less than uh, weaving from uh, scratch. So I, you, you're not, I mean, at the moment you only have linen, but you're not planning to be exclusively linen forever. Is that correct? Yes, but linen will be our basis. Um, French linen, specifically. We worked on, mm -hmm. uh, on traceability, so it's, uh, it's important for us to use this material. But you, you, can, you can do pretty much everything with linen. As I mentioned, uh, linen cashmere, but linen silk, which is very well known. I think... Just like a very famous mill, uh, Fox, with flannel, you can really do plenty of things with linen. And, um, you know, there are already a lot of companies selling wool. There are already a lot of companies working with, um, I don't know, mohair, alpaga, or all those kind of fabrics. So for us, linen is our pillar, and then we can develop things around it. What would you say is... Uh particular um, about French linen compared to um, all the other linens that are available uh, in the in the industry? Uh, I don't know about French linen in general. I just know that the the people we work with in Normandy, they make a very qualitative linen. It's, uh, it's just like wool uh, in, in Australia or New Zealand, the quality of the of the of, of the of the fiber. You have linen growing in, in Normandy, in north of France also. You have linen growing in Belgium, in, uh, in Netherlands. And um, you know, Normandy, it was part of the reason why I didn't want to set the company there. It has a very specific climate. So it's uh, either rainy or cold or a bit of sunshine and then rainy. So the point is you need to have this very specific weather, so to speak, to have very qualitative, um, qualitative linen. And it's also the reason why it's very difficult to grow somewhere else, just like wine. It's not just about you know, growing a plant. It's also 
uh, having the proper soil, having the proper weather. So it's just like Bordeaux, you know, which is very close to here. Basically, it's uh, you can you can have this kind of cepage everywhere in the world, but it will not be the same wine. So it's it's the same with linen. And uh, when we launched everything, uh, I wanted to work with this kind of linen. And the, the mill said, well, of course, it's uh, it's the best one. And uh, and then they had, there were no discussion possible for me. It was uh, what I wanted to do. So, but it's um, it's uh, about craftsmanship. It's about the fiber itself, the weather, and as I said, it's just like wool from Australia or New Zealand. It's a quality mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. how how would you say? Um, I mean, it, I can imagine that the biggest challenges are yet ahead. But uh, what would you say are are mo- the the biggest challenges that that you're kind of like anticipating? Um, throughout this journey because I mean obviously you've taken a big risk Um, you have to manage many things at the same time Uh, and uh, obviously you have your ideas that you want to implement but there are also restrictions you know when working with international meals and all of that but what would you personally say are some of the big challenges for someone in your position Um, I think in this industry um it's very difficult to build trust, but mm-hmm. it's very quick to lose it. And um, we know that the product is fine because before making the collection, I've approached tailors a bit everywhere. I didn't have the chance to. I didn't know you at this time, otherwise I would have asked also. But we asked about the, the weight, the designs, the, the type of hand, and then we made our collection, obviously. But the fact is, the product, I think it's it's fine. Then we can find new blends, new way of new designs. But I think when you have this kind of business, you have two parts. You have the, the textile part, which is basically developing a collection, uh, making a nice product. And then you have the, the logistical part. And for me, the, 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 the biggest challenge is not to disappoint. Uh, working for Scabal before, there was nothing worse than selling a suit to a, to a customer and then having to call him again and say, well, I'm sorry, but for your wedding in two, two weeks or three weeks, uh, it's, uh, the, the clothes is actually not available, but we have nice blue if you want to come back. And then, you know, it's, it's a bit complicated, right? So our point is to, we have a stock uh, here for all the references. Now, uh, we've launched everything in autumn, basically. So we didn't know a peak season so far. And it takes time to reorder. It takes time to... Uh, to so, so basically, we need to be ready in terms of logistics. We need to to forecast everything so not to be out of stock, so, not, so to have a consistent quality. And this is the biggest challenge because, again, working with bespoke tailors... It's, 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 it's really fascinating because you build a relationship with people who are basically the rock stars of this industry. And I, I know that. I've met some of them. It's really my rock stars anyway. And it's fine until there is a problem with the clothes. And then it's something else entirely. So, And personally, I, I wouldn't dare disappointing them because it's something I can... I mean, this kind of thing, it's uh, for me, it's uh, part of my personality as well. It's uh, I cannot... I, of course, disappointing these kind of people would be, for me would be terrible. So I think it's it's the biggest part to, to to be consistent in terms of quality, in terms of logistics, in terms of how you run the business, but on the less exciting way, so to speak, preparing mm. everything and so on. Yeah, I agree with you, man. It's uh, you know, like you say, trust is one of the most difficult things to build, and the same goes in our field. You know, when you're working with a client. Um, sometimes from time to time not everything goes as planned not everything is always on time but the way you handle it kind of like allows them to at least think okay this is someone who I could trust that when things don't go as perfect as expected at least they know how to handle so I'm fully in line there Um, interesting very interesting Um, Nathan um, you know when you when you work within the luxury industry let's say and you try to kind of like improve the quality of the materials, improve improve the quality of, of the process, all the different procedures and all the different layers. One of the things you'll notice is that 
control of every single stage becomes important. And when you try to develop your vision in a way that it's 100% the way you want it to be or the way the company wants it to be, uh, you can only do that if you have a certain command over all the different levels. Um, what would you say for, for someone like you are the most important levels, uh, perhaps of production or, or, or of design or whatever? What are the most important levels that, that you think that whatever happens, I cannot give these away to someone else to do? It has to be under our standards and under our, uh, um, let's say, uh, well, control. Well, I think you, you cannot abandon anything. Um, um, making clothes, you have to, it's, it's, it's a package, really. It's not just about the design. It's also the hand of the fabric. It will be the provenance of the fiber. It will be how it is woven, with which machine. It will be how it is finished. And then, as I said, the logistics. So uh, I've carefully abandoned some of, the, um, of the, the aspects of my job because I didn't have those competencies. When I mentioned my colleagues, the artist director, the uh, textile engineer, or the mill, uh, the point was... All the delay we had, because we couldn't find any mill in France, we got to know each other with my colleagues first and then with the mill in Italy when we found it. And we built a trust. We built over all those months an understanding of, on what we wanted to achieve and uh, where we wanted to go. And I think this time was, I mean, it was a benediction, really, because um, I don't know if you've tried... Um, uh, buying something online when you have where you have to explain what you want, for instance, in terms of if you you make your logo with a designer and so on, you you absolutely know what you don't want, but you never mm -hmm. know how to explain what you want. And those kind of people they help frame a bit where you want to go. And uh, the funny thing is, you know, for for designs, I knew that I love some brands. I love, I've been very inspired by, with some brands which are, for me, brilliant. And I will not mention them, of course, but they are Anglo-Italian, Drake's, Fox, but I will not mention them, of course. But, you know, the point was to, we need to find our own identity, but we want something that will be classic, with a twist. It's always, everyone say that. But in the end, we have our own personality. And the, the fact is, Martin is... British, with, he works for an old mill, so he has a very, very traditional vision. The mill in Italy, they are very Italian. So, you know, at first when they proposed some colors and so on, we said, right, it's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, bold. So, yeah, why but perhaps we should go this way, you know. So you have to trust those people and trying to find, and perhaps what you said about the army before, I was walking a bit with, the, with some special... Uh, special, uh, say, forces and this kind of thing. And all the people are master in their trade. So the point is not to come in a room and say, well, let's go, so I want this and that, and uh, you have 10 days to, to provide it. So no, you just have to say, all right, this is basically our vision. What do you think? And uh, so you cannot ab abandon it in anything. And when you start saying, this is not my, this is not, sorry, this is not what I need to do. The logistics, it's not my part. It's when you start having problems, you know, when you start, uh, you, need to, you need to trust people, but you need to have a frame and a good understanding. But it's very, very complicated because making collection, it takes, it takes days and nights and you basically don't sleep because, again, when you, when you have a Prince of Wales, for instance, why this shade of grey and not something a bit darker? And then you start saying, well, if I... I need to redo everything because, my gosh, it's, it's so complicated. And, uh, and then they say, well, no, Nathan, it works perfectly well. So trust me. And then you say, all right, I can sleep now. So, you know, it's not about dunning. It's about trusting people you work with, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you're, you bring up a very fine line. I'd actually like to explore that a bit more. So <clears throat> from, the, from, from what I'm understanding, you say that sometimes... And often, if, if you have a good group of people around you, you have to let them do what they do best in order to get the best results. And sometimes yes. it could be that what they do 
may be slightly different than what you have in mind, but and you may be, you know, a bit fussy and say like, hey, I don't know about this part or that part. And they're like, listen, you know, this this is the best, you know, option that we have. How yes. do you build that trust? How do you because, you know, I, I, I feel exactly what you said, but like I have moments that I even if I go to an expert and they give me an option, I'm like, sorry, I, I just I, we have to rethink this. And and so. I'd like to know from, from like, when do you let go? You know, when do you actually say, do you know what? I'm not going to interfere. I trust you guys. What you give me, I know it's the best option for now. Let's move on. I think that the chance I had, for instance, the artist director, uh, I, I work with my colleague. Um, we knew very quickly that we had basically the very same vision. I agree with you. The point is not to say you're an expert, so I leave it to you. No. Uh, with the mill, for instance, when we work on the, the, the handle, they said, well, it's the best thing we've ever done. So trust us. It's, it's the best thing. So you can trust them because this is very, very, very technical. But we built the relationship before. When we've made the, uh, the finishing trials in France, I remember, um, and the point is not to criticize or, or anything, but when we, we've done that, uh, Emile in France basically just sent an A4 paper, A4 size, uh, yes, of, of linen. And the, the commercial just said, well, I've, I've put the, 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 the sample in my washing machine, so basically it will be like that. And when he said so, I was just, well, are you trying to say that you've put an A4 size linen piece in your washing machine and... Uh, I should say, well, all right, let's buy a full collection of that. It's perfect. And on the on the contrary, in Italy, they've woven a hundred meters of clothes, and they've tried they've tried a lot of finishing. And at the end, we selected ten meters that we really liked. And you can trust people when they have this kind. They make these kind of efforts because you know that. If after two months of investment, because we didn't pay anything, it was just the first, you know, the trials and so on. And when they tell you, well, it's uh, it's new for us, it's a uh, it's a new quality, it's a new finishing, so that we are very keen on developing it for you. Then you can say, all right, I let it go. But you have to build this relationship, otherwise, just well, I uh, I cannot choose on an A4 size paper of, of linen, so you know it's a bit complicated for me. You you may have a very nice washing machine, but uh, it's it's a bit odd, you know. So yeah, it's you have to build this trust first, but it's difficult, especially for designs, because for designs we worked very much hand in hand with the artistic director, and then the mill came in at the very end, saying, well, we are used to these kind of colors. This color will need to dye it, so it's a bit new, but yes. But this one, I think, given our experience, it will be too much, perhaps. We've understood where you are going. And uh, basically, yes, it's that. You have to, you really have to let, I think time. Time is of essence. You need to build this. And it takes a lot of time. So, yeah. And for us, it took a lot of time, yes. But yeah, basically. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. and do you think it's also a part of um, your own personal discipline of being able to say, let's just think of the bigger picture Let's you know. Let's not create more problems than than necessary. Oh no, no. My personally, on the contrary, is to, especially for this kind of thing. I mean, it's it's my passion, right? So you cannot just say yes. I trust you. Yes, I will see that in in a few months. I cannot. I, I wanted to have all the designs. You know, the the the, the software we use for for designs. Uh, uh, name is Penelope, and uh, and you basically have this one and zero. Uh, tables that are converted into very nice actually designs with the texture and so on and I remember when the meal said alright I will send you the, 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 the Penelope in an hour I was just like a kid you know refresh 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 in my mailbox so, so it's not about honestly it's not about yeah I mean I, I'm not a good officer right now because an officer should say yeah I trust you now so no no I was just like a kid and for me it's uh, you know, when, when the the truck came in to just deliver the clothes. I was two hours before and watching at, uh, uh, outside, you know, waiting for a truck. So, no, yeah. no, I cannot say. 
I would love to say I'm very disciplined. I was just letting it go. It's perfect, but it would be lying, I think. So, yeah. Oh, I, I can completely imagine how that goes, man. I, I experience exactly the same things. And I guess that's, that's the moment where you really know that you are so passionate about what you're doing that it could be dangerous, you know? It, it, it could work against you, but, but uh, we, we live and, and we learn, as, as they say. Um, how, how would you describe the dynamics of a family business? Because, you know, they're your parents. They're not some people you've just hired based on a CV or, you know, uh, you, you've known them all your life and... Uh, but the interesting part is it's, it's a family business, but it's not a family business that's been doing it for hundreds of years. So how does that work, basically? We fight over the music every day. You know? Every day someone has to choose the music or the radio station. So it's, uh, but without uh, joking, it's, uh, there is no problem. I think we have the very same... Um, how to say, um, it's the southwest of France. So let's say people are a bit, uh, are very kind here. It's not Paris. Sorry for if some Parisians are looking for that very stressful and so on. You know, in southwest of France, it's much more relaxed. and um, But very perfectionist. I mean, my, my father was an artisan himself. And um, I didn't know that. But now that he's retired, a lot of people keep calling him from the whole region because he was quite talented at what he did because he's a very easygoing person but when it comes to making something right well he will not sleep if it's not done right so and I think it's uh, we have the very same how to say uh, vision so it's uh, it takes a lot of efforts at first because of course uh, you need to um, you need to take the time to, to, to understand the trade how to cut with the machine the clothes properly how to spot defects, how to package things. Because, well, we, we tend to do, with, we've made the, the boxes, boxes made measure, we have everything is, we've made it from scratch. So we need to have this kind of very consistent, uh, how to say, uh, service. And for me, it's paramount. Because if someone sends me a message, I need to answer it very quickly. And uh, it's just that we are here to facilitate the work of tailors. We are here to provide something that will be easy for them, for, for them to sell to customers that they will like working with. And these kind of things you don't see. Uh, when you order something, it arrives the next day. So it's, it's brilliant. It's uh, convenient, right? But it takes a lot of efforts. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents know that. And, uh, and they have the very same vision. They, they want to, to... They've understood who we work with. They've never met uh, a lot of tailors. I think we will go to to Italy very soon uh, with them. But they understood the kind of people uh, they, we work for or with because my father was an artist himself. So it's, um, it's easy to understand. So there are no problems at all. On the very contrary, it's, uh, it's, honestly, it's a, it's a real pleasure. And, um, and again, we have, we've made everything here. Perhaps I will show you a bit later. We, made, we, we put some music on. We have the sunlight of France. So it's not the UK. So we have sunlight sometimes. And uh, I know it's just it's just a pleasure to walk here. So this is the kind of atmosphere we want to want to have. So it's not yeah, it's uh, it's perfectly fine. What did your father do? I was a tailor. As a, you know, so uh, he was doing mosaics or this kind of. It's a very I hated walking with him uh, when I was young uh, before my studies, but it. it I, it's now that I understand how beautiful the things I was doing where, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's really uh, artistic and uh, and it's uh, the kind of work where I have the utmost respect for him because it's uh, the kind of work where you break your back, basically, mm -hmm. to make something. It's just, it's not just like cutting clothes or, or you know, it's this is easy as compared to what he was doing. But, uh, you know, this degree of dedication of uh, I'm very very respectful and uh, so this is why also I think we understand each other uh, it's um, he has he had a, a very nice career let's say he made beautiful things and now it's much more relaxed 
I mean, there is pressure, but I can take on the pressure because if there is a problem, then it's because of me. But then it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I try to take the pressure. Sometimes I just, you know, divert to them and yelling a bit. But, you know, it's, uh, I think we understand each other. It's uh, the, the biggest point. Does he feel that his skills uh, in, from his previous career are now helping him with certain things that he's doing um, within the company? No, I think when you, you've made your whole career, so to speak, by trying not to disappoint people, by trying to make beautiful things, then it's something you, and it's the kind of value you can bring to a company. And it's something that is not, I mean, something that is not really uh, easy to achieve, you know, it's uh, not something that you learn. You have to, you have to meet the people and so on, and you have to, 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 to have this kind of consistent approach. And this is really what he had. So um, this is mainly, I mean, uh, there is no link between his past experience and, and now. But uh, when you are an artisan or when you have this kind of job, you are your own employer and you cannot disappoint because it's all about your name. So it's basically the same here. I mean, we have the, the, the company is basically our name. So, you know, it's, uh, we cannot disappoint because it will be personal at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what's the story behind, I mean, I have a very beautiful bunch here. Uh, what's the story behind the logo? Oh, it's the crest of our family. So we have uh, arms and uh, it's a crest. Yeah, it's basically that. So this has, this, this has been existing for, for a long time. Oh, you, you mean the, yeah, the, 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 the crest? Yes, uh, I think it was uh, um, 18th century, I think, uh, if I remember well. Sorry for that. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I wanted to have something personal. Uh, it's, uh, for me, it's all about the, again, it's all about the family. It's uh, making a business that will last, I hope, uh, a long time. So it's really about having this kind of symbol that is, very, very, very personal. So this is why I've used it. And, uh, and again, it's, uh, even at the end of the bunch, you have the painting of the family. So it's, uh, again, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's an intimate relationship, uh, that we want to have with customers showing that we are not a big company. I think we'll never be, and it's not my objective. Uh, but the point is there are people behind these brands and there are people behind the company and there are people cutting the clothes. Uh, maintaining the service we want to. And if there is a problem, those same, same people you have here are actually the one responsible. So you can talk to them. It's not just, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so it was important for me to have a human face because it's uh, the only way I see business, actually. I, I think that's one of the most beautiful things. And I remember when I received this, uh, this bunch, um, it was your handwritten note uh, along with it as well. And um, I think, like you say, that makes it human. And it's not just like, some company out there in some corner sending people things and uh you know that that they are taking the responsibility uh, you can you can tell you can feel in the communication as well yes yes it's a, i mean also it's a small company so it would be very odd or pedantic just to say yeah you can talk to our receptionist or i mean we don't have a receptionist we do everything ourselves so so no no the, the point even when we meet, we go and meet the the, the tailors. Uh, I mentioned Italy, but um, I've also had Digio with uh, tailors in Australia. And some of them said, so you are the agent for, for this brand, right? Or say, no, no, it's no, actually no. And, and you know, it's, uh, they were very pleased because they said, oh, it's the first time we are actually meeting uh, mm -hmm. people behind. And for me, it would be a shame not to do so because, again, it's not just a business. I mean, working with these kind of tailors, visiting the workshops and, uh, and seeing the people cutting the clothes and so on, it's a, it's a pleasure. And seeing the clothes becoming something tangible, because for now it's uh, only rolls so far. But uh, I've seen the very first jacket, it was two weeks ago. It was uh, from a gentleman in, in Singapore. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's not about pride. It's about, again, when I mentioned the process early on, you know, from the one and hero to to the Penelope and so on. Well, you also have someone somewhere wearing a jacket and being quite pleased uh, doing so. And it's, uh, you know, it's a very personal and very intimate industry. 
you make something that is you can touch, you can feel, and it's something that people will wear for comfort, for because they feel fine in it, they feel uh, uh, good looking in it. So it's uh, you know it's uh, it's very human business. And I, I couldn't just say, well, I, I will hire a commercial person to go and visit uh, tailors because I want to do it. It, it will be jealousy at the end of the day, you know. So yeah, we 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 we've done it with my colleague in the UK because of the COVID. Obviously, I couldn't travel to London, and it was for me it was. Really, it was. Uh, I, f- I felt really disappointed about that because I knew some of those people for quite a long time. Uh, I've known Michael Hill since I was searching from Drake. Since I was searching a job in the industry, it was. They were only at Clifford Street and Aberdeenshire Street, so it was perhaps eight years ago, and we've kept contact uh, from that point. But the one day I can go there, not walk for them, but walk with them. There are COVID and the quarantine and this kind of thing. So I was very disappointed, but hopefully I will come and see you too very, very, very soon. Sure. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to have you here. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, one more question I have is how, how many, I mean, you're certainly the first person I know that is doing what, what he's doing. Um, how many people from your age are doing what you're doing now um, in this way? Well, it's a tough question. Um, I think they've not been new companies. Again, I may be mistaken, but I, I don't think they've been any new company in this trade for 50 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but honestly, even even one of the most French, Frenchest companies, so to speak, which is Dormeau, they have their headquarters and I've, I'm friend with uh, Richard, who is their commercial director. So it's a company I love to. I was to work with them at some point. But they are—they have their, their headquarters in, in France, but they've been there for a long time. Now they weave everything in, in England, obviously, and most of their clothes. But it's very, like all the meals, they've been here for, for a very, very long time. And I don't know, perhaps you can find people Selling clothes, um, you have a lot of a new generation making, for instance, in France, working with linen, but it will be much more about making garments mm-hmm. and, for instance, making T-shirts or with the very same color and so on. Making a collection for bespoke and so on, it's such a niche, to be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I think there have been any new, new, especially young people for quite a long time. So no, I don't. I cannot answer your question precisely because I have no idea. Actually, well, it's interesting because I, I, I do like, I do quite like this, and you know, being in contact with a meal is is always. You know, there are like, you know, dozens of people working there, and so I mean, usually they do have an agent, and and most of the time it it works well. But I've never seen, um, let's say. Um, you know, someone who has a bunch uh, is like a fam- you know small family company. Um, that's fairly new. That's fairly new. Okay, um, let's Nathan. Let's do a speed round. I have uh, a few words. I have a few words. Just, yeah, sorry. I was just saying that this kind of what you said about uh, talking to people in the meal, big meals, and so on. It's, uh, it's very true because one of the things we can offer right now is to weave to order from 50 meters. We can basically meet a brand or even tailors and say, well, if you have any designs, we can, of, of course, we will bring our frame, as I said, with the artist director, the textile engineer, then the mill. But I think I, I've seen Huntsman making their tweed contest where mm-hmm. customers basically draw uh, tweeds and they can uh, win the fabrics and uh, have a jacket made with it. But I've been very surprised to see that we can, due to our connection collaboration with the mill, we can do that with a very small batch because 50 meters basically it's nothing. It's I don't know, it's uh, it's 20 jackets or, or something, so it's mm-hmm. it's not much. And I think being very close to the mill and being a very small business, it's a new way of doing things that we are very proud of because again it's all about building this relationship. 
and it will be complicated with a, a huge, let's say, uh, I know Scabal had this kind of, um, it was possible to weave letters. I know the uh, English uh, coach, I don't know his name, sorry, I don't watch too much of football, but he, he had the jacket with carried home, you know, which they never did, never done, obviously. But, you know, they, they made it for him specifically. So, I mean, it's, but it's very, very specific and they, they don't do it very often. But being able to do so, being a small business, it's uh, I mean, something very proud of. And it, we are making it for a company, so it will be a first. But again, it's possible because we are small and we have this kind of relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, that's, that's, that's very good to know. Um, let's, let's do a speed round, Nathan. Um, I have a few words and uh, I'll say them and then you tell me the first thing that, that comes up your mind, okay? So let's start with an easy one, tailoring. Uh, I think it was my first visit to Henry Pulenko. Uh, I've met Simon Candy there, and he was very, very, very kind to let me visit the back of the workshop. And mm. you know, it was this kind of very London uh, house with the small stairs and so on, people walking on tables and they're just teaching like that and looking at you. And it was this kind of experience, I think you, you never forget them. So mm -hmm. uh, it was, and we are very lucky to, to work with them now. So it's, uh, it's uh, the kind of thing really that you know that when you see that and you love that, that you are in mm -hmm. the right place. So you are home basically. So yeah, it was mm -hmm. a big experience. Okay, okay. Um, a second bunch. Second bunch? For us, you mean? Yeah, sure. Um, we, are, we are working on, the, on a very nice, two different qualities, actually. Uh, it will be a transitional jacketing bunch. And we'll have uh, linen and cashmere. Mm -hmm. But real linen and cashmere. So it will be 60-40%. So it's not 1% mm -hmm. something. So it's, you can feel the cashmere. And linen and silk, 50-50%. And for us, it's... Uh, it's a huge investment, uh, but it's the kind of thing that hopefully, I mean, we are, we are quite young, so it's a risk, but uh, it will be a way to establish a bit the, the business as well. And it's something we want to propose to our customers, something a bit different. But because just if I have a minute, um, when, you, when you make finishing for, for blends, you have two ways of doing so. Uh, you can either... Uh, either uh, finish it with a woolen state of mind or finish it with the linen state of mind for our mm -hmm. uh, our linen uh, cashmere for instance so working with a traditional mill that only made linen so far for almost 100 years they have a very linen oriented spirit mm -hmm. so when they finish it i mean perhaps people walking cashmere will say it's a, it's nonsense it's blasphemy whatever but for us it's a way also to proposing something a bit different with a different hand. And as I said, we need to bring something on on the table, even though the first bunch will be a permanent collection, there is no discussion about that. But we also need to, yeah, to have this kind of, not surprise, but to say, all right, they make beautiful things, a bit more elaborate than pure linen, perhaps. And so for us, it's very important. And again, it will be quite an investment, but I hope it will be ready around March or April, start showing samples and so on mm -hmm. okay that's 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 very good now well the, the next thing i wanted to ask is wool how about wool what are your thoughts on wool i mean i've all my jackets because I, I don't wear suits i always wear separate jackets and um, for me wool has to be textured i mean my preferred bunch at scabal was Loch Lomond. it's a uh, it's uh, wool and cashmere. It's uh, one of the only bunch that's made in, in, in Scotland, country that I really love. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, this kind of texture, this kind of, you know, there is a 3D aspect that I love. But for me, wool has to be like that, uh, like traditional, classic, not vintage. I don't like this word, but, you know, the, the old way of doing wool. For me, with wool, you can also have a modern approach that I, I don't really like, which is very flat. Um, 
you know, living in Paris for four years, the only people you will see wearing a suit will be people with a navy blue or black suit going to La Défense, which is basically the business area. And it will always be the same, the worsted wool, a bit flat and so on. But for me, it's a, it's a bit sad because there is no pleasure in that. It's a, it's a, I would say it's a on-purpose suit. And I think working with linen, you can really work with people and with end consumer who want something a bit different, more casual, because they really want this kind of uh, debonair attitude, this kind of thing. So wool can be, for me, it's, of course, it's uh, the perhaps the best fabric all year round, but it has to have some twist, otherwise it's a bit, uh, how to say, a bit dull, perhaps, yeah. a bit flat. Okay, okay. The future of textiles? Um, I think it will be about small companies. Um, mm -hmm. When I've launched everything, I, I have friends at Dormeuil, of, of course at Scabal and Zenia as well, and they were all talking about uh, how difficult it was. Because, well, when there are less, uh, less tailors now, which is very, very sad, because, again, I, I was in Florence uh, uh, yesterday. I've met Mr. Liverano there. You know, these kind of people are true legends. But it's very sad to see that, I mean, you have basically Liverano, and then you have, uh, I don't know, 500 meters Gucci or these kind of uh, brands, which are beautiful brands. But it's basically, I mean, I'm exaggerating, of course, but it's roughly the same price, you know. But why not go bespoke? I mean, and uh, I think for textile industry now, you have to understand that the tailoring business is what it is now. It's a bit more, in terms of size, uh, a bit more modest than before. So you cannot afford to have huge collections. You cannot afford to change your bunches every two years, every three years, because what happens is, and I've, so, I've seen that at tailors, you have entire walls of bunches, mm. and it's a Pareto low, you know? You, you just pick uh, two or three bunches, you walk all the yeah. time, but yeah. size, yeah. 100%, so, yeah. Yeah, because you are used to it, you, you know the people behind it, and you like walking the clothes. So it's, it's a beautiful industry because it's all about making something new, it's, it's making something that is tangible, respectful for, for the environment and so on, because it's small batches, small, it's not big production and so on. But at the end of the day, uh, I think just like you, uh, you produce only master, masterpieces. For us, it should be the same thing not doing new collection every time and uh, mm -hmm. and I prefer this kind of vision keeping it small but working with fascinating and talented people rather than having warehouses and warehouses of clothes yeah I guess that's a good benefit as well because you logistically you have more room to maneuver so you can be more creative and innovate a lot easier as well hopefully yeah you, can, collections, you can walk small batches mm -hmm. and it's I mean even for tailors I think even for you, it must be much more thrilling, thrilling to, to to have a capsule collection that you know that we end. For instance, at Scabal, we had this um, collection, and it's it's made from um, paintings from Dali, mm -hmm. and it was a success. I don't remember the name of the bunch. Um, they've made uh, fabrics based on um, twenty paintings, if I remember well, and it's it's fascinating because you know that it's a limited stock. You know that it's something very special. It's not overpriced, of course, because otherwise there is no point. But you can really go to your customer and say, well, this is something nice. You should have a look at that. Otherwise, just bunches and bunches everywhere. And uh, mm -hmm. so hopefully we can do these kind of things too. We'll see. Not with Dali, of course, but perhaps with someone uh, else. Well, I, I look forward to it. Well, the paintings you, you've got on at the back of the bunch and on the website and on Instagram, they're quite nice, you know. Uh, it gives oh, a very, um, well, the sense that I get is a very intimate, you know, kind family, you know, they're, you know, uh, turning their passion into something that a tailor like me, you know, can create beautiful things with. It's a very nice person. His name is Bertrand de Mulis. And uh, we met, thanks to a friend, uh, he painted some 
uh, painting for Hermes before. So again, you know, even if Hermes is a huge company, they still have this kind of family business, which is very odd because now it's, uh, of course, it's a company we all know. But uh, and it was nice working with him because he knew the this kind of industry, and uh, we needed to convey this kind of uh, message that's well, it's uh, you're not just buying fabrics from us. It's something. Well, we are working together now, mm-hmm. and uh, well, if we work together. We will do everything possible to to to, to please you. And uh, and the design here, yeah, you want to change? Let perhaps in three years we can talk about that. And if we, and it's difficult when you, when you are a new company because I think tailors are used to working with very big brands and even the the, the most famous tailors, when they talk to big big mills, uh, they can make some things to measure or weave to order, but uh, it must be complicated. Well, here it's really, when, when we sell products to fabrics, cut like this to tailors, I'll always ask, how was it? How, uh, how did it behave on the, on the cutting table? What do you think of the end product? And some of them do not answer, of course. It's a boring guy from, from southwest of France. But then I bring foie gras and then they talk, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, I think it's a, this kind of collaboration with tailors. It's not separate industries. It's not silos. It's really how we work together. And it's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, smart fabrics. Smart fabrics? I don't know about that. Uh, we had one at Xenia, uh, you could put the, the, the clothes and, and the, the jacket in a washing machine. I don't know, I tend to be a very traditional person, uh, I think. Uh, you know, linen, for instance, it's not smart. It's a, it's a plant that grows only with sun and rain. It doesn't take any chemicals. It, mm. it is left to drop under the sunlight of Normandy, which is not uh, so much, but it's uh, still, you have a bit of uh, sunshine sometimes. And it's not smart. They've been doing so for, I mean, the very same method for, for many, many years. And I tend to like that. I mean, I leave smart fabrics to, to other people. I, uh, I prefer the artisan vision, you know, people saying, I, I was at the mill uh, uh, three days ago, and the people walking there, honestly, they are all 50 or 55 years old. They have apprentices, just like a tailor, actually. They have apprentices also, but it's uh, you see that they've been doing that for, for 20 years. So if you bring on the table, yes, I want a cloth that will be washable, that will not shrink, and actually it's linen, but it's not linen, they will just say, ma, caso. You know? Oh, I don't, I don't speak Italian, but they will just, ma, not possible, you know? And I don't, yeah. want, to, I don't want to play this with Italian, you know? So I'm not yeah. fooling enough. <laughs> okay. Um, family business. Uh, I think, as I said, it was, at first it was, I was a bit, how to say, uh, how to put it nicely. I didn't want to build one before because I wanted to be independent. I wanted to have the company. I wanted to, to be in a place I would choose and so on. But at the end, it's, uh, you cannot be alone when you do that because you, you need to share the, the good moments and you need to share also the, 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 the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And working with your family, well, we will hire very soon because we need help. But working with the family, you know the people for quite a long time. So you know what you can ask, what is a bit more difficult to ask. And again, it's, um, it makes sense now. I, I couldn't envision it without it. Uh, visiting the tailors in Italy, they are basically all family business. And I think it works because sometimes just... You don't have to communicate. You just know that, all right, okay, we will do that. I trust you. And for me, trust, again, it's uh, the best thing I could hope for. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's vital now. And I don't see a company without this kind of spirit and uh, experience. So, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and very good. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely the case. And, you know, with family, it's the case that... Um, I mean, not always in every business setting it, it works, but if it's something that, you know, you share the same vision as you said you do, um, then it's, like you say, an opportunity to share the most beautiful moments and also the difficult times. And that's what you've already been doing throughout life. So why not, you know, share it uh, with the business as well? 
and it's a chance as well. I mean, my nephew are interested in. Uh, again, it's it's easy to share as a passion. Uh, it's when you touch the clothes and so on, even if they are quite young for now. But uh, I do hope that someday, it will be. I mean, I would be proud of that. Uh, I, I prefer to, to to keep modest, you know. And but I would be proud to have one of my nephew just coming here and say, "Well, I, I would love to try and walk with you." And of course, I will. I will say you have to do that. You know? But I would love to because. Uh, if if you can share this kind of passion, then you know it's. Uh, I mean, uh, meeting those tailors with uh, my friends, with my family, perhaps in the future with uh, the younger generation, it would be quite something. It's obviously far too soon for now, but uh, but yes, it's. Uh, I don't see it without this kind of perspective now. Mm-hmm. Common family project. Well, it sh- it surely is great to to have you within the industry and. Uh I, I I look forward to to make something with your fabrics, and I I, I wish you all the best, Nathan. Um, thank you. Man. Yeah, thank you for making the time. It's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed. It. I've learned a lot. So uh, hopefully we'll get to speak again. With pleasure. With pleasure. And I hope to see you soon again. Well, as soon as I can travel to London, I think now they are opening the um, the, the quarantine scenes, or depending on the political side of COVID, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to London. I think uh, I need to meet the people. I need to, to, and hopefully with the new quality as well, so that to show something new. Yeah, will do. Thank you, Nathan. Bye bye. Thank you. Man. Have a good day. And that was Nathan. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to see more from Nathan, you can follow the links to his Instagram and website in the description of this video. If you have any thoughts, questions, or anything else you'd like to add. Please let us know and we sure hope to see you again in the next episode. Until then, bye-bye.